But we're going to turn back to the book of Haggai as I start a new series today. And um, I am really excited about this, uh, this series. There was a, I don't know, a podcast that a friend of mine put out, not a podcast, like a, I don't know, something I saw it on the computer the other day as he was speaking to friends and people and um, saying, hey guys, I'm so excited about this new series. I've never been as excited as I am today about a new series and he'd been preaching for like 25 years and this is it and I'm so excited and um, I must just say I am really excited about this series that we're going to be, uh, that we're entering into today and, and to begin it I want to turn to Haggai chapter 2 verse, verses 6 to 9 and then we're going to move into Hebrews chapter 12 which is really going to be the core, the core passage for the next um, six, seven, eight weeks. It says in Haggai 2, 6 to 9, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth. How many think we're in a time of shaking right now? Don't just think certain you know, political things going on. There's a far more fundamental shaking that's happening in the planet. It's not just a political thing about something that was you know, going on now that has differences of opinions about it or, you know, political persuasion about it or, or something like that. No, it isn't, it isn't only about, about the, the absolute, um, uh, I don't know, a shockwave that seems to be going through families. It's not just this thing or that thing. We're talking about a fundamental shaking that is taking place on our planet. God says, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations. There is a shaking taking place for one reason. It's not a political shaking. It's not just an emotional shaking, a family shaking. It is a shaking in order that the world can come to the understanding that Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's it. It is in order that the world can come to Christ. I'm not one of these remnant preachers. (laughs) I'm not one of these people that says, oh, when Jesus comes back, there's going to be a handful of little suffering people on the earth who are just hanging in there by their fingertips. Oh, Jesus, come quickly. That, that um, prayer at the end of, of the Bible, even so, come, Lord Jesus, that is not a prayer of desperation. Hello? It's not a prayer of panic. It is a prophetic word of victory. They shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. That absolutely speaks of a historic temple that was built, but it also speaks of the church of Jesus Christ because we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than anything we've seen in the history of the world. The glory of the church is going to get greater (laughs) and greater and greater and greater. Not less and less and more desperate and more desperate, but greater and greater. 
The glory shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. I will give shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness, says the Lord of hosts. Now let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. (coughs) And it says this from verse 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth. This is the time when the glory of God appeared on the mountaintop and the law was given. The Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This is a direct quote from back in the book of Haggai. And the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Everybody say cannot be shaken. shaken. Say we are receiving receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. Now that's good news this morning. Let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably and with awe, reverence, honor. For our God is a consuming fire. Wow, what an incredible passage of scripture. I'd encourage you to read the whole of Hebrews 10, 11, 12, and then going into 13, the most fantastic passages about how awesome our God is and what God wants to do in us and through us. Today we live in a world with incredibly challenging issues. There is no doubt. There is so much huge change that's taking place. I could stand here and go through a list of what's happened in the last 100 years, in the last 50 years, in the last 20 years. Incredible change. There's been huge change in how people think, how people interact. There's been huge change about our technology and what we're able to achieve. Absolutely amazing. There are so many questions as a result. (laughs) There's so much confusion, absolutes, are not absolute anymore. And the very fabric of society seems to be transforming. Things are changing at such a rate, I don't know about you, but it's quite hard to see where things are going to end up. What else is going to change? I've said so many times from this platform, and I know some people think it's a bit alarmist, but it's absolutely true. The church needs to change. Don't just think, you know, churches that are stuck in the 1700s or stuck in the 1970s or stuck in the 1990s. Hey, if we don't change in the next five to 10 years, we'll be dead. Because stuff changes, things change. If we don't change, then we die. We'd still meet. We'd still have a band playing great songs. 
we'll still be having our, our celebration and our great time, but as far as the impact, it would have died off. What is an alive church? An alive church is a church where Jesus is Lord and there's fruit. That's, that's it, really. Where Jesus is Lord, it's not about style. It's not about, oh, that's an alive church. Look at the lights. You can be as dead as a doornail with the greatest light show on earth. You can be as dead as a doornail with the greatest band, with the greatest connect team, with the greatest kids church workers. You can, you can be as dead as a doornail. Why? Because life, life creates. Life transforms. Life will reproduce itself. Are you with me today? But where's things going to be in a few years' time in our society and in the way people think? What is acceptable? What's not acceptable? Things are changing at such a rate, it is incredible to me. But right in the middle, (laughs) right in the middle of this time, right in the middle of all the change and all the, as the Bible says, the shaking, right in the middle of it all, God stands firm. (laughs) God stands firm. The rock of our salvation. The anchor of our hope. He stands immovable. He stands unshakable. He stands unchanging. He stands victorious. He stands faithful. He stands invincible. And he stands with a strong resolve on the inside that says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against that which I build. Can I hear an amen this morning? So here we read in Haggai chapter 2. But as far as the church is concerned, the glory will be greater. The presence of God is going to increase and will attract people from every nation, every tribe. The God of abundance will overflow into people's lives, resulting in the greatest wholeness that we've ever experienced. I believe in a victorious gospel. I believe in a victorious church. I believe in a glorious church. I believe in a church that is unshakable, unquenchable, and it is the rock of the kingdom of God which grows and fills the whole earth. That's the church I believe in. That's the church that we're building. In his name. In the Hebrew passage, the writer goes on to say that in the middle of the shaking, there remains a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Even if everything else shakes and falls down, God's kingdom is unshakable and steadfast. Therefore, it's clear to me that God wants us to live unshakable lives. Is this easy to understand this morning? God wants us to live unshakable lives. Stable, strong, unshakable lives. How we can go through anything and come out the other side in a better way than the way we went in. Even though, even though we go through fire, we come out not even smelling of smoke. I think there's too much smell of smoke around a lot of Christians. You just sort of, I can smell what you've been through. Because it's still raw, it's still, it's still there. Now we all know, and we're a very, very pastoral church. We support people, we stand with people. But at the end of the day, guys, we've got to come through. Yes. We've got to come through and come out. Yes. 
not camp in the middle of it. So we're going to start today at the very center of this whole issue. We're starting a series called Unshakable. Looking forward to this. Why? Because this, I believe, with all of my heart, is going to impact lives and bring change. We've talked about change out there. We want change in here. I don't know about you, but I want change on the inside. So we're starting a series today. And today in this introductory session, we're going to <coughs> start at the very center of the issue. What is that? We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Today I want to talk about the unshakable kingdom of God. Before we get on to building unshakable lives and unshakable relationships, unshakable emotions, having unshakable convictions, having an unshakable relationship with God, you know, how to, how to handle change, how to, how to live through and to march through and to come out, um, you know, situations and all of that. We need to start with the absolute. We need to start with the thing which will never change and that is this, God's kingdom is unshakable cannot be shaken, cannot, not just will not, cannot, there's a difference there, cannot be shaken, there's something in the very fabric, the very DNA, the very heart of the kingdom of God, the very thing that the kingdom of God is, is unshakable, this lectern is acrylic and is aluminium and some screws in here which are nylon based, just saying, that's what it is. This doesn't have acrylic. This is acrylic. The kingdom of God doesn't have some attributes which are unshakable. The kingdom of God is an unshakable kingdom. It's unshakable. The kingdom of God, it's referred to in different ways, but just just for the sake of today, the kingdom of God is referred to 162 times in the New Testament. In the Bible, there's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. The Old Testament tended to talk about the land of Israel and the people of Israel. But there was a prophetic understanding all the way through that it wasn't ever intended to just be a piece of land and one group of people who are born of a certain race. God said, I want the whole world, all nations, and, I'm, and the kingdom I have is not just going to be bound to a piece of land even though Israel is the, is the chosen land of God and they are the prophetic people of God. Now the kingdom of God is not bound to a piece of land and the people of God are not bound to a certain race or culture. The kingdom of God fills all the earth and the people of God can be every tribe and every nation. This thing has opened up. And that started in Matthew chapter 1, pretty much. And the word kingdom is referred to 162 times in the New Testament. It is a major centerpiece of Christian teaching and Christian understanding. It's at the very heart of why Jesus came 2,000 years ago at the very center of why he came and what he came to achieve. He said this, he said so many things about the kingdom. I must preach everywhere about the kingdom of God. 
He preached about so many things. He preached about forgiveness. He preached about the heart of the Father. He preached about how to relate with people. He preached how to have good family, how to have good business. He preached so many things, but at the heart of it all, he was preaching one message. And that message he was preaching was, I've come to bring a new kingdom. I've come to bring a new kingdom. Not of this world, a different kingdom. And then he sent out his 12 and his 72, and he told them to to do this, he said, go and tell everybody that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right there. You can reach out and get hold of it. So what he told them to go and preach. He said, heal everybody, bring peace to everybody, bring wholeness to everybody and tell them this one message. This is the one thing that encapsulates everything. The kingdom of God is invading this world. It's here, the kingdom. He said this to some other people, when you see the power of God at work, you know that the kingdom of God has come. When you see something, when you experience the power of God, you know the kingdom of God is here. See, the kingdom of God is not just a thought process or a teaching. It's a reality and something we live in. He taught so many principles about how the, how the kingdom of God functions about the culture of the kingdom of God. We talk about the culture of a church. Every church has a culture. Every church has a style. Every church has a direction. Every church has a feel about it. Every church has, has its own way of doing things. That's absolutely wonderful. But every church shares this one thing, and that is we all have the, king, the, the um, culture of the kingdom of God. He taught about the culture of the kingdom. He talked about the values of the kingdom. This is important in the kingdom, Jesus would say. This is how the kingdom works. He even told us to pray, your kingdom come on earth like it is in heaven. That wasn't a request in the, in the Hebrew, sorry, the Aramaic, the, the, the it's in, in that, in that portion of the Bible, Luke chapter 11, verse 2 onwards, it says this, it's not like, oh, please, Jesus, send your kingdom. Oh, please, Jesus, let your will be done. It's, it's, a, it's a prayer of authority that's not like, let your kingdom come. There's no allowing prayer in there. Oh, please, let it, allow it to happen. It's a command, come, the kingdom of God. Be done the will of God. It's a command. It's an authority stand. It's a, in my life, be lifted up. Come, the kingdom of God. In my world, be lifted up. Come, the kingdom of God. Be done the will of God. What a prayer to pray. I declare that every day over my life. Kingdom, come in Jesus' name. Will of God, be done. He told parables, so many parables. Jesus was brilliant at telling parables to engage people. And, and so many of the parables were, were this. He'd start saying, let me tell you what the kingdom's like. Let me tell you what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man. It's like a, a great net. It's like wheat. It's like yeast. It's a, he went through so many things. It's like a, a person who had 10 coins and, and lost one and, and searched it. The kingdom's like somebody and the talents of the kingdom and make five, ten and make two, five and make one. Well, he didn't do anything with the kingdom, so he didn't go into the everlasting kingdom. He said so many things about kingdom. He told us to seek first the kingdom. Yeah. 
You getting the importance of this kingdom deal? This is pretty important. And then those who live their lives for Jesus Christ, those who say yes to Jesus and live under his lordship and make him king, you know what he's going to say to you face to face one day? Enter in to the kingdom of God for eternity. I'm not in any way gambling with that day. Oh, well, I hope I live a good enough life. You'll never live a good enough life. It's not about living a good life. Christianity is not be a nice person and you'll go to heaven. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> it's not in the book. That may be in other religions, but it's certainly not Christianity. Do your best and Jesus will say, oh, well done. You've lived a nice life. You've helped a few people, especially you, mate. You're just awesome. Mr. Onyi. Mate, with a haircut like that, man, we are set for greatness. <laughs> well done. Well done. You, you put something in the offering. Well done. Well done. You volunteered in some community projects. You're a good person. Well done. Come to heaven forever because you did some good stuff. Where, where did that come from? The world is going to hell in a handbasket and needed a saviour. Needed a saviour, not just a few good people. What is the message of Christianity? You and I, we're going to hell forever. <laughs> she got it, whoever that was. What is the message of the gospel? In Adam, everybody's dead. As in Adam, all die. Bang. We're not talking about death when you're 100. We're talking about death eternally. So the father so loved this world, he didn't want anyone going to hell. He didn't want anybody lost for eternity. So he said, right, I'm going to do something about this and only I can do something about it. You can't live your way or be good enough from death to life. You need to be recreated. You need that old dead thing on the inside. Sorry, mate. It needed to come out. I don't know when it happened for you. I know it has. It happened a long time ago. I know it did. It's not about how great somebody is after they've been recreated. Because you know what? <laughs> it's not you doing it. You've got nothing to be proud of. Look how great I am. Well, if you've not said yes to Jesus, sorry, you're not that great. If you have said yes to Jesus, you're still not that great, but it's no longer you that lives, it's Christ who lives in you. You're awesome. You're awesome because you've got a new life on the inside. And the life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and died for us and gave his life for us. So it's really important to understand that this kingdom thing is absolutely fundamental. We need to receive the kingdom of God. We need to be in the kingdom of God. The kingdom has culture. The kingdom has values. The kingdom has 
all of this. Absolutely it does. You don't get into the kingdom through just being a nice person. You get into the kingdom one day, one way, and that is making Jesus Christ your king. And if you've done that, then you enter into his kingdom. I did that October the 8th, 1984, 9.30 at night. Perhaps you can't put a date and time on it. That's fine. As long as Jesus is your king and your Lord, you're in the kingdom of God. If, if he's not your king and your, oh, but I'm a nice person. Uh, do I need to explain it all again? There are lots of nice people in the world, lots of lovely people in the world, but if Jesus isn't Lord and King, they're not in the kingdom. It's just, it's just clear, that's not a, a, a horrible statement to make, it's a very exclusive statement to make. You can't get away that the gospel is exclusive. If you believe it, you get it. If you don't believe it, you won't get it. It's an exclusive gospel. That includes everybody that will come. Did you get the difference there? Anybody can have it. But if you don't have it, you ain't got it. So we want to talk about this kingdom of God for just a few more minutes today. (laughs) It's not a physical piece of land. Yet it's far more than just an ideology. Three points and we will close. Number one, the kingdom of God is the place wherever Jesus is king. The place wherever Jesus is king. Again, this is not a physical piece of land. Where is he king? He's king in the hearts and lives of people that have said yes to Jesus Christ. It is where Jesus exercises his rule and his authority where he is glorified as Lord and as king. He is king victorious. We love to sing about Jesus in this church. We love to pray about him. We love to talk about him. We love to discuss him because it is all about Jesus. It really is all about Jesus. There's God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. It is all about Jesus. He is King Victorious. He is the mighty conqueror. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the balm of Gilead and brings soothing comfort into every situation. He was and is victorious over death, hell and the grave. No one else has done that. He is the one who took back the keys of of death, hell and the grave. He is the one exclusively who has brought life and light and immortality to light. He is the King of Kings. He alone is crowned with many crowns. He alone holds a scepter of righteousness in his hand. He alone is robed in a, in a robe, the Bible says, that is dipped in blood. He alone has the name written on his forehead and on his thigh, which is the Word of God. He alone is the saviour of the world. Jesus Christ, the King. The King. And as King, He has authority. And His authority is unshakable. See, the kingdom is absolute. The kingdom is unshakable. Why? Because we have an unshakable King. Isn't that good news? (laughs) Oh 
man. If we were to just close there, we need to just close there. But if we were just to close there, because I'm going on for a few minutes. If, if we were to just close there, we've had something to celebrate today. Jesus is unshakable. How do you see him? Oh, he's a real comfort to me when I'm not feeling very well. Well, great. I'm so glad. But come on, see him crowned. See him seated at the right hand of the Father. See him enthroned. The heavens are his throne room. The earth is his footstool. See him as victorious. See him as death couldn't hold him down. See him as coming into any situation and everything changes because the king has come. See him as king this morning. Number two, very quickly as the band comes up. Number two, (coughs) the kingdom of God is within the hearts of people. This is where it starts to become more personal to us. It's very personal because he's my king. But now it's becoming personal because, hey, the king is in me and the kingdom is in me. Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom is all around you. He said, but a day is coming when the kingdom will be within you. There was going to be a change. Up until that point, the kingdom had really been a physical piece of land. But he said, a day's coming when all that's changing. You won't have to go there or come here. The kingdom will be within the people that are subject to the king. See, a king has subjects. I know we don't live really in kingdoms anymore. We have a queen, thank God. But we don't live in the king. It is a kingdom by name, the United Kingdom. But it's not a kingdom in as much as the king's word is absolute. The queen's word is absolute. But the kingdom of God is a true kingdom. A true kingdom has a king whose word is absolute. His decrees are absolute. His name is the name above every name. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And as a king, he has subjects. Not something we overly use these terminologies, but I want us to get an understanding today. Yes, he is my best friend, but he's my king. Yes, he's my healer, but he's my king. Yes, he is my peace in the midst of a storm, but he's my king. Hebrews chapter 12, and this, is, this has been a bedrock in Citygate Church since we started this. And in the last church I pastored, we will always, always give honour and reverence and stand in awe of the King of Majesty. If you notice, we sing a lot of songs in this place, which are sort of, I call them awesome songs. Not feely songs. Oh, I feel so happy today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really? 
I got up this morning and the sun was shining. <laughs> Mate, you can sing that on the radio. Capital or Kiss FM or Absolute. Classic rock stations, come on. But come on, let's sing about the awesomeness of God. Because He's awesome God. He's a majestic God. Hebrews 12, we read it. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let's be thankful and let's worship God in reverence and godly fear. Not being scared to come to church. It's not what it's saying. We're not talking about God's a big angry God with a big stick. No, we're not talking about, but our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. Ezekiel says he's a fire from the waist up and a fire from the waist down. I don't know why he just didn't say he's fire from top to bottom. <laughs> Sharon is lovely and she's a woman from the waist up and from the waist down. Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Sorry. God is a consuming fire top to bottom but what's our response to that <laughs> I've never never sorry see God's kingdom is not a, a kingdom of a list of rules commandments It's a kingdom of relationship. Kingdom of relationship. But our relationship here is with Him is first and foremost that He is King. Everything else comes from that understanding. If I don't understand His King, then my my friendship with him will be out of whack. I'm just hanging out with my mate Jesus. Uh, no. Not just hanging out with my mate Jesus. I am subject to King Jesus and he's opened a way for me where I can come with a confidence and a boldness right into his presence and have relationship with him as a brother and as a covenant friend because he's king. Does that, does that make sense? Now, do I love His presence and does He love my presence? Yes. Do we laugh together? Yes. Do we cry together? Yes. Do we relate together? Yes. But you know what? It's because He has been gracious to me and He's opened a door and He's washed me in His blood and He's made a way for me and I've said yes to His Lordship, yes to the fact that He's King and I'm not. And because of that, Wow. See, that makes the friendship all the more amazing. All the more full of grace. All the more wonderful because of who He is. Who is He? A consuming fire. Are you getting anything out of this today? Is this okay? See, this is the kingdom we're part of. Unshakable. If we get the kingdom right, everything else can flow from that. If we get our relationship with God right, 
Everything else can flow from that. Next week, we have Rebecca Lewis preaching and she's going to be preaching. It's going to be awesome. And it, you know, she's going to be preaching about how to build your life on an unshakable foundation. How to build your life on an unshakable foundation. It's going to be awesome. But we got to get this right today. No good trying to build your life on an unshakable foundation when you're not in the kingdom. But your general understanding of who God is isn't right. The kingdom is not a list of rules, commandments to follow. It's a mindset. It's a way of life. It's a culture. It's a set of values. The Bible says, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What are those things? It is a relationship with God. It's our righteousness with God. That is the kingdom. It's a relationship with the King. Our, our kingdom is a kingdom of wholeness, the peace of God. That is about Nothing missing, nothing broken. The quality of life that we live. It's a kingdom of joy, which is our strength, our relationship with God. This is what the kingdom is all about. It's in stark contrast to the world. There is no cohesion. Kingdom of God, kingdom of this world. Just, just think about this. We think differently. We live differently. We speak differently. If you want to live an unshakable life, then let's do it God's way. In God's kingdom. Get on His side, live in His kingdom. Stand on His Word, believe what He says. Everything else is sinking sand. The world is separation, the kingdom of God is righteousness. The world is destruction and uh, brokenness. The kingdom is peace and wholeness. The world is stress and anxiety. The kingdom is joy. The world is sickness. The kingdom is health. The world is death. The kingdom is life. The world is darkness. The kingdom is light. The world <coughs> is destruction. The kingdom is, is creativity. The world is foolishness. The kingdom is wisdom. The world is confusion. The kingdom is clarity. The world is uh, weakness. The kingdom is strength. The world is hatred. The kingdom is love. The world is jealousy. The kingdom is I'll celebrate with you. The world is retreating. The kingdom is advancing. The world is fear. The kingdom is faith. There are two kingdoms. Two kingdoms. It's not a place it's a culture, it's a value that we have now because we are subjects of the King. See, people who say, yes, I'm subject to the King, but live in the other list. I'm not talking about attacks coming on us. I'm talking about mindsets we have. We need the mindset of the Kingdom. That's what this series is about. Number three, as we close, the Kingdom is the power and the blessing of God at work at work. See, the kingdom is unshakable because it's powerful. <laughs> Excuse me. We just read Romans 14, the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy. Four other words, in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We could say in the power of God, in the anointing of God, in the person of the Holy Spirit. See, the kingdom destroys yokes off of people's lives and removes burdens. 
Bible says there'll be a, sadly, there'll be a demonstration of a church that has a form of godliness, but denies the power of God. That's a church that's lost sight of the fact the kingdom is powerful. The kingdom has a king. The kingdom has subjects which have a mindset. And the kingdom is powerful. The kingdom destroys yokes, destructive mindsets, destroys heaviness and oppression, destroys hurts and wounds, destroys regrets and shame, destroys sicknesses and infirmities, destroys material and financial oppression, destroys broken down, um, disruptive community and restores social peace. See, the kingdom is a powerful thing. It's a breakthrough kingdom in which the people who live in the kingdom have victory and stability and supernaturally can bring victory and stability to the people's lives around them. The kingdom works. Oh, I love, I love your church, Pastor Jay. I love, I love coming to church. I have a lovely time. Well, I'm glad that we love the church, but actually we are the church. And our job is to turn the world upside down with the power of the kingdom of God. We're to live the unshakable lives in the unshakable kingdom and affect the people around us. This is not automatic, but it is our inheritance. It's not automatic, but it is our inheritance. I wanna ask us today to decide. Do you like to make a decision at the start of this? Have you got anything out of this today? Has it been all right? I just think we've, we've laid some pretty strong foundations today. But I want us to make a decision today. I'm gonna live where Jesus is King and I'm going to live in all the kingdom blessings and benefits that He has provided for me and given me in His inheritance. That decision that that we're up for making, I'm going to live where Jesus is King. I want us to leave this place knowing we're living in an unshakable kingdom. No matter what's going on around you, you live in an unshakable kingdom. No matter what you read in the newspapers, we live in an unshakable kingdom. Come on, guys. We need to think higher thoughts than the thoughts that everybody else is thinking. We need to think the answer and not the problem. We need to think the solution. We need to think unshakable. I am living in an unshakable kingdom subject to an unshakable king, and I will live an unshakable life in Jesus' name. Do you get anything out of that today? Come on, let's stand to our feet in this place. Let's just lift our hands one more time. Lord, we are so thankful and we do stand in awe of you today. Jesus King, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Saviour of the world. You call us friends because you are King. And Lord, today we thank you for this incredible kingdom 
You said, my kingdom is not of this world. But you came to bring a kingdom, to release a kingdom, to demonstrate a kingdom, and to give a kingdom and put a kingdom on the inside of your people. Father, we thank you for that. That we have an unshakable king. We live in an unshakable kingdom. And we will live unshakable lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Look at someone say, we have an unshakable king. Come on, say it with some real guts and faith in there. We have an unshakable king. We live in an unshakable kingdom. And I will live an unshakable life in Jesus' name.